300, 600, maybe 1,000. No one really knows just how many pilot efforts are happening across the Defense Department that are using artificial intelligence, machine learning, and intelligence automation. The Pentagon is facing a tipping point for AI sprawl. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about how DOD's Joint AI Center, or Jake, is trying to nip that AI sprawl in the bud by reimagining its mission. Jason joins me now with more on this. Jason, that didn't take long, did it, to get to the sprawl point? You're, you're right. The, the sprawl happens because it's a combination of excitement about, among vendors, excitement among agencies. They're seeing the potential. They all of a sudden start testing here and testing there. But it's easy for sprawl to happen. And I think that's why the Joint Artificial Intelligence Center, the Jake, is really trying to nip this in the bud. You know, remember, Tom, the Jake launched in 2018. It's a much different vision today than where, where it was back in 2018. And it's been pushing AI toward the military services, the defense agencies, really through Pathfinder projects, but now they're taking those learnings and really applying it in a different way. Jacqueline Tame is the acting deputy director of the Jake. She talks about how this Jake 2.0 is really a recognition of the changes that have happened over the last few years. What is still not happening, and this is sort of the the underpinning of Jake 2.0 and where we're trying to go as, as the Jake for the department, What's still not happening is sort of those connective tissues between all of those capabilities that are being, you know, researched or deployed. What is still sort of lacking in our view and our assessment is the sort of aggregate of the components of AI readiness. So that includes removing some of the barriers to entry that present themselves in terms of both education and awareness about what AI is, what AI is not, what things actually lend themselves to AI and AI-enabled applications, really understanding what the data needs to look like, the sort of status of data readiness in order to actually be able to leverage it, to test it appropriately, an understanding of the ethical underpinning in terms of what that needs to look like as we consider some of the more advanced capabilities in particular that we're trying to deploy across the force, having a really foundational understanding of the types of infrastructure and architectures that need to be able to speak, need to be able to be interoperable in order to achieve the goals that we're trying to achieve here, that's Jacqueline, Jacqueline Tame, the acting deputy director of the Jake. She says really the goal of, of all this effort over the last few years is really moving Jake from a doer to more of a trainer, an educator, a supporter of the adoption of AI and AI-like capabilities like robotics process automation, predictive analytics. Because, Tom, as we've seen, this, this they're just spreading across the department like wildfire. All right. And so how is she going about changing it from whatever it was, 1.0, to this connective tissue idea in version 2.0? Well, they're seeing a lot of maturity happen across places like the Army Futures Command or the Special Operations Center, Air Force uh, is another example. And they're really worried about the silos and how to ensure that you're getting out of the silos. And so there's this fuel atomic foundation that's being built across the entire DOD. AI acquisition as a service, test and evaluation for AI as a service, responsible AI as a service. AI-related policy as a service, some level of capability development in terms of especially focusing on business process transformation and big bets in terms of our joint warfighting and other kind of key capability areas, and just ensuring that sort of foundational understanding, templatizing the learnings that we've already made to date, AI maturity model and readiness assessments, consultancy advisory service on how to scale AI. Tom, as you can see, all of these services that Jacqueline Tame, the acting director of Jake, was describing is really trying to help give other parts of DOD, not the AI itself, 
but the ways to implement, to move into the not just the test side, but the operational side. Now, in addition to those services that Jake also announced a contract award back in September, $106 million to build the joint common foundation for AI. And then they also are about to enter into a series of other transaction agreements, OTAs, uh, under this thing called the Trade Winds Program. And, and really part of it is to create a services catalog that I think a lot of these services she just mentioned will fall under. So there's a lot going on to really give the tools to the services so they don't have to develop it on their own. So there's kind of a common baseline that everyone's starting from. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. And so how do they bring all this together in a new organizational structure? Sounds like the whole thing should be in the cloud, the way she (laughs) describes all these services. I'm sure all of them will be in the cloud. And I think that's part of what these OTAs are trying to do is to give people, okay, if, if you're in the you know, Marine Corps at 29 Palms, you can access these services. Or if you're in somewhere in Maine, you can access the services. And I think that's really the goal here is here's common services to use to move to, to meet whatever needs you have versus the Jake trying to say to each service, what is your need? Let us help you meet it. And I think they're seeing the, again, places like Army Futures Command, Special Operations Command, the Air Force, and many others already don't, going down that path. So they want to, again, it's all about nipping the sprawl in the bud, if you will. It sounds like they need to have, though, in these end users, these DOD organizations, some degree of AI literacy, just as chief data officers need data literacy in their organizations so people know what they can do with AI and how it can actually help their their mission delivery. So is that part of all of this? This is a huge deal, the, the workforce side. And in fact, I spoke with Anthony Robbins, the vice president of North American Public Sector for NVIDIA, and he mentioned this idea of, do you have the right talent? Do you, can you, do you need to grow the talent? Do you need to acquire the talent? And then the other piece of the other side of the coin of that is data. Do you have the right data? Is your data clean enough? So these are all the pieces and parts that come with using AI tools and AI software. And, and so, Tom, I, I think that is part of what the Jake is trying to do because they're moving from Pathfinder or Do to that educator, to that trainer role, hey, here's the test and evaluation sandbox. Let's go play in it together. We can help you learn that. Or, hey, here is you know the consultancy piece. We can help you understand what you need to be successful in, in implementing AI tools for this mission area. And, Tom, we've seen this in mission areas, right? There's a couple pilots. We've seen the humanitarian assistance. But we've also seen it with what they call predictive and preventive maintenance. And this is fascinating. The Army Aviation and Missile Command's G3 they're doing this predictive and preventive maintenance with the UH-60 Black Hawk helicopter. And what they're trying to do is pull sensor data to say, okay, is this piece about to, you know, hit end of life? Should we replace it and to try to get ahead of it before it hits end of life? And I think that kind of preventive and predictive would save them money and increase readiness. Yeah, so really then the goal for all of this is for not for the Jake then to set policy for AI, but to enable policy-driven AI deployment out at the edges of DOD and all of these operational commands. Is that a good way to put it? I think that's very accurate because there's too many commands, there's too many pilots. I mean, whether it's 300, 600, or 1,000, they can't be in charge of or watch each of those. So, And you don't want people to go off on on a silo or go off on a tangent that all of a sudden creates potential security risks or they don't really think about the ethical side of AI and they can't control everything, but if they give a common set of tools, again, the foundation, then you can build off that foundation. And then if the Army or the Air Force or the Missile Command or whomever does something on their own, 
it's going to be have at least a commonplace to start from, and I think that's really what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, it sounds like many of these pilot efforts and these test efforts are aimed at routine types of things where there's a lot of energy and human capital expended in, say, predicting when that part might fail. And if they can offload that to AI, then people can be more focused on China, for example. One of the things that uh, Anthony Robbins from NVIDIA talked about was moving out of this testing phase and into the operations phase. And I, I think that's kind of what you're getting at, Tom, is this idea of, okay, how can we really apply AI to understanding what's to impacting the mission, to really improving readiness. I mean, when, when Jacqueline Tame from the uh, Joint AI Center spoke at the FCICIT day last week, a lot of what she was talking about was all about how do we ensure we're mission ready, we're AI ready. And I think that falls into the, the parts about training, the workforce, but the data, but also understanding the impact it can have to get people out of, if you will, the tedious day-to-day work and to do better about, again, looking forward and understanding what the data means and how it's impacting your your mission areas. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. Always a pleasure, Tom. Check out his latest reporter's notebook. It's now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash bestmusic for details. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at pluralsight.com vision.